Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You can rewind it and go back. And I said, if you get the three ball brothers... You're going to survive this. You let them go. Oh, it's going to be a cold day in here. Talk about it. You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Welcome, 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 family, to another edition of Above the Rim, episode 98. Brought to you, as always, by your honorable host, Justin, a.k.a. Just Blaze, and joining me this week, one of my guys that I've connected with in this sports game a while ago, for a while now. Um, he's been on two episodes of Above the Rim previously before, back in the days, I believe it was episode 11 and episode 41, somewhere in the 40s he's been, um, <laughs> writer for Basketball Society, also the host of Scooby Radio Podcast, the homie, Brandon Scooby Robinson. What's good, big dog? Man, trying to uh, find some way to get some sleep, make a dollar out of 15 cent, and um, stay awake all the same time. What's going on, G? I hear that. I'm chilling, man. You know how everything is, man. You got the hustle and the grind, the hustle and bustle, man. So I appreciate you giving your time tonight, brother. Of course. We family. No other way. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. And, um, well, family, I got to tell you, though, you think... Y'all think I get shit thrown my way on Twitter from some of these clowns out here. <laughs> because I get a lot of flack thrown my way. But this man right here gets a lot of heat thrown his way, but throws the heat back in a respectful manner. So I got to give you love on that, school. Thank you, man. I mean, but the crazy thing is you get hate and you, I'll be right. What's up with that? I can see if I was wrong. Nine times out of ten, I give you nine and a half out of ten. I'm right. Talk about it. Talk about it. They hating when the man is right. They hating. (sighs) They wait for me to be wrong. They wait. That's okay. That makes me want to work harder and go and 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 to be honest with you, just work smarter. You know, make some mistakes and 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 puts to you know getting some kinks out. But you know, information and writing and podcasting and all that good stuff is par for the course. But. When you own your own platform, you can't be fired and mm-hmm. uh, I'm doing what I'm doing. Scoopy Radio's making waves. 100%, man. Most definitely, fam. Applaud you on that. And um, family, as always, uh, you can find Above the Rim anywhere you listen to podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, YouTube. The guys over there at lineups.com as well. To get in contact with me, you can always hit me up and follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. IG is just blaze513 on Facebook, search Above the Rim Podcast. Email the show as well. You already know above the rim NBA Podcast at gmail.com. Call up the talk about it line with voicemails. Got something to say, got something to say, got some feedback for Scoop, feedback for me. Um, leave a voicemail as well, 908-718-1592. And uh Scoop, tell the family where they can find you, brother. 
uh, subscribe to the Scoopy Radio Podcast available uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn apps, the chat, or simply by visiting ScoopyRadio.com. Scoopy Radio got 3.5 million streams last year on all platforms and I believe it was like two and a half or two million in the year before that mm. and uh, you know subscribe to me on Twitter at Scoop B Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B um, I feel like I'm forgetting something but you know check out check out my work at Basketball Society as well as Heavy.com we're making waves most definitely making waves and that, listen that man is not that hard to find I'll tell you that Scoop not, yeah yeah not at all my man my, my is not that hard to find at all um <laughs> But show man, the Toronto Raptors gotta show them some love for winning the NBA Finals right now. I had the Raptors in seven; they did it in six. I wasn't mad at it. I was very happy at the uh, more so than a Toronto Raptors Raptors win it was a Golden State Warriors loss that made me happy more than other. But um, you gotta show some love to the Toronto Raptors. They uh, beat the Golden State Warriors in six games. Kawhi Leonard was NBA Finals MVP. No surprise there. He's now the only player in history to win Finals MVP in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference. I believe Kareem I did it as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he might be the only one, but Kawhi Leonard balling in this NBA Finals. So let's get into it a little bit. Factors that decided the NBA Finals right here. I got to say, for me, the most important factor for Toronto winning this series over the Golden State Warriors, obviously, of course, being health, the number one issue, of course. But other than that, I feel like the skillful bills, this, excuse me, the skillful bigs is the reason why they won this series, Scoop. Even though on the surface, their numbers look a little common. Ibaka and Gasol, Gasol gave you 12 and 7. Ibaka gave you 11 and 5. But, um... My thing is with the skillful builds, bigs that they did have, along with Pascal Siakam, who also gave you a 19-7 coming into his own this series and this year as a whole, I feel like the bigs on the front line, they gave the Golden State Warriors a lot of trouble. And they played big, which to me was one of the most important factors for the Toronto Raptors, and which has been their, I would say, their main offensive weapon outside of Kawhi Leonard this entire year. Their guard play is, is okay, it's solid, but their front line, is really their horse. And I feel like the the front line, they did what they needed to do in certain games. Ibaka had a nice game here. Gasol had a nice game here. He disappeared in about two out of the six games. But it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show him some right. love there. But I would say to me, it's gotta, I'm going to go with the skillful bigs for the Toronto Raptors in the front line as a whole. Well, I, I definitely think it was a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. I to be honest with you, when you look at the, the trade that the Raptors made to get not just uh, Marcus Gasol, but... You know, I, I think that I think the trade that they did to get you know to get Kawhi Leonard, it all came together. Mm-hmm. Most teams aren't able to gel like that with big, impactful trades like that. But I also got to give credit to somebody who's not even played in the Eastern Conference, LeBron James. Mm. He went to the Eastern Conference, <laughs> left the Eastern Conference, and then here we go. But uh, you know, I, I'll tell you what, I think that um, even though Toronto Toronto Raptors won this season, mm-hmm. I think an improved Milwaukee Bucks are going to make things a lot more difficult next season. Oh yes. Um, and I think with a uh, a Golden State Warriors team uh, that is hurt right now, obviously with Kevin Durant and 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 Clay Thompson, uh, who will most likely met, both of them will miss most of the all of next season. Mm-hmm. Um, that was why the number one, the Lakers had to make the trade to get Anthony Davis, and two, um, and this kind of goes to I, I looked at the rundown, uh, Kawhi Leonard with the Milwaukee Bucks improving and and and, and more this would be a chance for him to get a back-to-back ring mm. if he were to go to the Lakers because... Um, oh, on the it would, Lakers, you're saying, not on the Raptors? It would, it would, it, no. I, well, I'm skipping around, but what oh. I'm going to say to you is with the, with the I think next year is Milwaukee's time. Mm. So, okay. Toronto is going to have a much more difficult path next season. They are the champs. But if the Toronto Raptors winning feels so much like Houston winning those two championships when Michael retired. Mm. That's a very fair assessment. A hundred percent. You know, like you said, with LeBron James leaving the conference, it opened the door supremely up for them. But 
I mean, I feel like they did have to have to do the move to to bring Kawhi Leonard over here because their time was a they they basically met their ceiling with DeRon DeRozan as their leader. Not to not not to say anything about DeRozan, he's all right, he's a very nice player, but Kawhi Leonard is most definitely an upgrade and was worth the risk, in my opinion. Even if he leaves at the end of the season, I still believe he was uh, uh, worth the worth the risk of making that big gamble that Masai Ujiri did. So, with that being said. And like how you said, the uh, not that the East is open, but the Milwaukee Bucks are definitely on the rise next year and will be one of the top contenders, along with the Philadelphia 76ers, depending on what they do this summer. Boston yes. Celtics are in a little bit of turmoil, so we'll see what's going to happen there with the summer. So do you think winning this title in Toronto, in the six, with Kawhi, do you think it increases? You think winning the title increases his chances of staying next year in Toronto, or you think it's still 50-50, 30-70? What's your gut feeling on how on how this title impacts Kawhi's decision this summer? I, I like to eat, so I won't give you a gut feeling. What I'll say is um, I think the Raptors have a, a seniority to resign him only because he's familiar. Uh, but I, you know, I, I spoke with someone recently. Uh, by the time you guys hear this, my new episode of Scoopy Radio will drop, and uh, I had Steve Kyler on this week, mm-hmm. and uh, he kind of discussed how uh, he spoke with someone within the know that made a very valid point. You know, oftentimes people make the comparison of Paul J.C. versus Kawhi Leonard staying in OKC, and mm-hmm. here's the key difference. If Kawhi Leonard has made up his mind that he wants to go home, he is a Southern California native. And if he were to go to the Clippers or the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what Toronto does, Toronto is not home. California is home. Sure. So if you know home is home, why would you change your mind? Mm. Paul George is from Southern California, from Palmdale, which is in Los Angeles County. Mm-hmm. And they convinced him to stay based upon the relationship that he had with Russ mm-hmm. and whatever other factors played a part in it. And at the end of the day, he was convinced. Now, it goes back to that point that I made about will he stay or, you know, the difference between, you know, Paul George being convinced and and, mm-hmm. and, and, um, and and Kawhi being convinced. Number one, I think Kawhi has more help. But I also do think it's going to be interesting, the Paul, or excuse me, the Marcus all uh, part. Yes. Um, if, if Kawhi... Important. Yes, because if Kawhi leaves... It could be a plausible argument. So does Mark Gasol. Mm-hmm. But if Kawhi stays, Gasol could stay because you want to, you know, defend your crown. So I think it's very interesting. And I think I believe you said something about Portland. Portland, you said sneaky Portland. No, I said it, I said that's sneaky important uh, about Gasol this summer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's very sneaky important. Yes, and I think that when you look at that situation in Toronto, like they really could defend their crown. Yeah. But I, like I said before, Milwaukee gets better, especially if they find a way to keep Brooke Lopez. The funny thing is, Brooke Lopez wanted to stay in L.A. I know, and they didn't want to pay him. He left for a measly three million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He should, but. I hear you on that Kawhi stuff, but you know, I'm going to go to actually the other way on it because I actually think that winning this title actually in- does increase the odds of him staying a little bit. I think it tips the favor, at, if I would say 60-40 with, in, in Toronto's scale, in, in Toronto's favor because I feel like what you know is always easier to run back to. I know you got the Clippers after him. He has the Lakers after him. He has the Knicks after him. The Nets after him as well. But to me, they're all still gambles. And you don't have a relationship with the front office. Um, He's not sure if he can trust the front office. You don't know that as well. And who knows? They could, the front, not they could. They definitely are being nice or extra nice to him. Or going to pull out all the stops because he wants them to save their franchise. Because each one of those four franchises are looking for him to be the savior other than the Lakers because they do have they already had two two superstars in place but the other franchises are looking for, for Kawhi to be the franchise guy with the same way which Toronto did so with that being said Toronto Masai Ujiri they did exactly what he asked for this year they helped him through his rehabilitation process they respected his privacy low key they they gave him a lot of privacy this year Kawhi Leonard in regards to free agency uh, they, they refused to talk about it a lot they said let's leave it until the summer and most importantly, you went to the promised land with them already. So I feel like the moment of them winning the title 
this year, I feel like, and you can actually taste victory with the Toronto Raptors, and because you have a good relationship with Masai, with Uncle Dennis as well, Kawhi's uncle, I feel like it, it, um, Masai has a, a solid relationship with him, and he, they, they've done everything that he's asked him to do. So I feel like Toronto do kind of, does kind of have the upper hand um, in regards to re-signing Kawhi, and I, I actually think Kawhi might sign with them, but a short, a short-term deal. I think it'll be like a two plus one with a player option, something like that. I don't think it'll be a five-year, but I would say a two plus one, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see it, I, I, and I agree with you. I, like I said, I think there's a rapport there. Mm-hmm. There's a relationship there. Now I gave that Steve Carter thing as a tidbit, mm-hmm. but I still do think that the 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 Raptors have an upper hand because he's there and there's a relationship. Definitely. Um, and also, I, I thought about the Clippers, too. I know a lot of people have the Clippers as a front runner, but I understand Steve Ballmer, Doc Rivers, great ownership team there. I know about them pretty well with CP3 being one of my guys. So I know about their front office very well. But if you think about it, if I'm Kawhi, I'm looking at them from a, a little bit of a side eye because think about it, the past two years in a row, they traded away their best player. Blake Griffin, they traded him away after he signed that five year deal. They shipped him off to Detroit. Uh, within two or three months into the season. And then last year, they traded away Tobias midseason. And uh, he was their best player up until that point. So, I mean, when you Kawhi, when you're looking at Kawhi, I know it's California and everything like that. But you also have to look at the front office as well as, can you trust them as much as I've trusted Toronto? And If Young Metro don't trust you, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting, man. It's going it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. I'm I'm not going to lie there. 100% for sure. Um and and on the Warriors side, they've dealt with two devastating blows. Kevin Durant with with, with his uh Achilles tear, which has really kind of pissed me off how that whole thing went down and and how they cleared him to play and and everything that goes into that. Uh Clay tearing his ACL as well in uh in game 6. So they, the Warriors are going to have some injury challenges to face next season. So how do you feel like them as a team are going to adjust to the injuries that they have to endure next season? Uh, it's going to be interesting. And I think that, um, you know, they may even lose uh, DeMarcus Cousins as well in yeah. the offseason. Yep. Um, you know, let let some tell it. He could be a Laker. You know, the Lakers could go the cheap route and get guys like Patrick Beverly mm-hmm. uh, and include DeMarcus as well, particularly because, you know, DeMarcus didn't hurt the Warriors. He was hurt. He was out. I think he averaged about 15 or 16 a game. Mm-hmm. Came back in January, got hurt in the playoffs, played again. Uh, but he would fit the Lakers situation. You know, you look at Anthony Davis, in that situation with with him going to the Lakers and you know he's going to play a lot of the Chris Bosh role that he did with LeBron but when you look at you know DeMarcus that could help him as well but you asked me about the Warriors and what I'll say is this I mean Steph Curry you saw him drop 47 in one of those uh, finals games and you know it kind of feels like he's getting the LeBron treatment Mm. Uh, and and, you know I put something up on on uh, Instagram well I tweeted it and then I screenshotted it and put it on Instagram uh, not too long ago, and, and I think that this this scenario, as I'm stalling, will kind of carry over into um, you know next season. I, I took a picture of Steph Curry and I posed this question. It was a picture of LeBron looking at Steph, and I said Steph Curry is now getting the LeBron James treatment. Hurt team and forced to carry that team. 2015 versus 2019. In 2015, Kyrie was hurt and the Warriors were the new shiny toy. In 2019, Kevin Durant is hurt. Are the Raptors that new shiny toy? Mm. That's going to carry over into next season with the Warriors. You have Klay Thompson who's out. You have you have KD who's out. You have a returning cast of guys like Steph Curry, Draymond Green, um, Aging veterans on that bench, Livingston. You don't know how he's gonna look next year. Iguodala, yeah. another year older. Kevon Looney's hurt, but he's you know he was hurt in the playoffs. He should be back by the mm-hmm. by the regular season, you know, beginning. And Quinn Cook, Jacob Evans, McKinley, Jeremko. But are they trustworthy for an entire season? That's going to be the interesting thing, man. And it's interesting because I'll tell you how I feel about this. Um. Rick Buecher was on the Scoopy Radio podcast earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And I told him that 
the Warriors ending. This was like an alternate ending to the Warriors, but yes. like the Warrior, the Warriors ending before the send the injuries reminded me so much of the '98 Bulls at the end. Mm, came crashing down. But the difference between that and, and the '98 Bulls and that is, you know, the '98 Bulls. You kind of knew it was Michael's last season. Yeah. The lockout was the following season. It you know, Rodman ended up. Yeah. Yeah, Rodman ended up playing, going on to the Mavericks and the Lakers, and mm-hmm. Scotty ended up, you know, doing duty with the, the Suns, and then Houston, and then ultimately in um, Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you saw guys like Jason Cassie go to Milwaukee, Luke Longley, I think, went to the Suns, and you know, so all those There's guys a lot of contractual here. issues that year too. Yes, across Phil left, Phil left, and then he ended up, you know, with the Lakers, but you know, ultimately. I felt like the Bulls were going to be the, the the Warriors were going to be the new Bulls, and when you really think about it, that all happened with the Bulls in '98, and then '99 came around. It was a lockout short season, and then it started what a Lakers dynasty after that, right? Yep, true indeed. Because you had because you had the Spurs who won it '99, they beat the Knicks in '99, 2000, and you know the Lakers played the. Pacers, and then they played mm-hmm. um, the Sixers, and they Nets. played the Nets, mm-hmm. right? And you took a break the there, team. and then yeah. So I look at the Lakers in that same category, you know, as, as that. But I also look at the Warriors, like the Warriors. It feels like they're passing that baton on. You're trying to find out who that identity is in the Eastern Conference. You know, you, you, I kind of feel like when you look at the Toronto Raptors, the Raptors not only feel like a. a um, they not only feel like a Houston Rockets who won those two those two championships when Michael left, mm-hmm. but I also feel like a better comparison is like the Pistons. The like the the, like uh, the, the Ben Wallace Pistons, Chauncey Billups. Yes. Ah, okay. Who just came yes. out of nowhere, broke up a dynasty real quick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, see, now that's a fair comparison because they also won in a team as a team unit as well with Larry Brownett coaching, and, and they took down the Lakers, who were supposed to and projected to win that series yes. it was a powerhouse so that is I like that comparison 100% I like that yes mm-hmm. and so when you like because when you look at the Cavs like when when they when they played uh, Golden State in 2015 mm-hmm. you just assumed and you know what they say about assuming you assumed <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. that that was going to be a built Cavs dynasty. The Cavs were lucky to get that. That was almost like their reparations in 2016 when they yeah. Kyrie and LeBron pulled that off. Yeah. But in 2015, they were supposed to have a, a healthy Kevin Love, a healthy Kyrie Irving and LeBron James along with Iman Shumpert, J.R. Smith, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and then when you look at, you know, the Warriors, they capitalized off of that. They became America's darlings. Oh, they most like America's- capitalized on that. And I guess if you want to be technical, they're still America's darlings because um, a Canadian team has the championship. Yep. Well, they, they are. Well, now they turn from the darlings to 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 symp- sympathetic figures now. The underdogs. Yeah. Now they're the underdogs, quote unquote. They're, they're sympathetic figures. They're heard. They're dealing with all these injuries. You know, Steph gets his uh, golden pass, as he always does, which no one, I might add, no one slandered him for how he didn't come up in that game slick, game six and make sure his team gets it done. In the, at the crib and his home floor, he uh, uh, down the stretch, he was nowhere to be seen. It was Clay Thompson was actually playing extremely well in that game before he went out. And, um, you know, I, I just want to throw that out there. Steph could have played a lot better, not getting close out to the crib. Out the at the crib, excuse me, as as some of these other guys that they slander for, especially LeBron James when he doesn't get it done, and James Harden, Chris Paul, a lot of those guys. So, got to call a spade a spade there. But um, he did have a decimated team. Yes, and, and that's fair to to I guess to not get it done when you have a decimated team. But we always know how to how the Warriors are uh, strength in numbers, literally. So they need all of their numbers in order to win. The only team I've seen like that. <laughs> But um, but hey, there's gonna be the West is the not even just the West, the, the entire basketball universe is wide open next year without without having to go through the Golden State Warriors as as the stacked Golden State Warriors. So it's definitely gonna be interesting to watch. Scoop. What's good above the rim, family? Think you know fantasy basketball? You can win money on FanDuel tonight and all through the NBA playoffs. There's only a couple weeks left in the season, family, so don't miss out on your last chance to have some fun. And with some money, 
Draft your fantasy basketball team for tonight's playoff action. It's quick, it's easy, and you can win huge cash prizes. Sign up for FanDuel using promo code LINEUPS and get a $5 bonus with your first deposit. Just visit FanDuel.com or download the FanDuel app, then draft your NBA playoffs team and play for cash. Make sure you use promo code LINEUPS when signing up. Trust me, family. It's worth your while. Yeah, Scoob, so let's talk about this um, Anthony Davis bomb that dropped to the Lakers. Now, I'm calling this, I might call this episode bombs because uh, we damn sure received a bomb smack dab in the middle of our weekend on Saturday. Everyone heard the news of AD getting trade, getting traded to the Lakers. Everyone has the alert. I'm sure you knew well ahead of time or you had a, a little bit in the workings of this. Um, so basically, if you didn't know, Anthony Davis is traded to the Lakers. So Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, four first-round picks, one of which being the number four pick in this year's draft coming up. Um, a hell of a deal for both sides. And, Scoop, I know you reported this on, on, on many occasions before, so let's get our thoughts out and uh, discuss our thoughts in this deal because we all knew this was coming eventually. LeBron finally gets his second star out there in L.A., but at what cost? So, in your opinion, do you feel like the Lakers gave up too much for Anthony Davis? Because this was a stack trade, a major haul for David Griffin. Um, I think that it was a much better deal than what was asked for at the trading deadline mm. uh, on February 7th mm-hmm. uh, when Del Demps was, was on the phone with Magic. But I think that um, it, it's a deal that is palatable for both. Um, and I think it's palatable for both. And I think both will end up winning the trade. I think the Lakers win it now. I think that the Pelicans win it for the future. And I think the Pelicans will also win it for the future because there's a, there is a chance um, that at the on, on the draft day on Thursday, um, the Kings could in fact swing a deal with their picks um, to get Bradley Beal. And if they get Bradley Beal, that's going to change a lot of things because mm. I think a healthy Brendan Ingram can help that team right away. You, you basically traded Anthony Davis and you got a new starting five. You have Brandon Ingram, you have Lonzo Ball. Um, you also have Josh Hart, who can shoot the lights out. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you assumedly you have Zion Williamson, mm-hmm. uh, who's going to grow with a young squad. Yes. Um, and I think that, you know, Bradley Bill will, ha- will have a team that's built around him. Because that Washington situation is just toxic. It has been toxic all season uh, uh, and has been very underreported that it's toxic. So I think that yes. the Pelicans for the future will win. Um, the Lakers in the next three to four will win. Um, and I think that um, the Lakers still managed to do all of that with, with, with extended cap space, which is pretty daggone good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see you know, what happens. But I definitely think, like I said, uh, it, it benefited both teams. Um, and I also think that um, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, um, they got their wish. I think that oh, they wanted this. It depends. <laughs> they wanted it. It also depends on what else you, you fill out the roster with. Um, you know, I, I've been on record saying that you know, depending on what the, the Lakers and the Knicks and the Nets do in free agency, uh, that'll ultimately be where Carmelo is. If you really think about the fillers, mm-hmm. those are the fillers you're going to have. Yes. You're going to have Carmelo Anthony. Uh, you'll have LeBron. You'll have you know Anthony Davis. If 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 Carmelo ends up going to the Lakers, um, and then you know that's where the J.R. Smiths of the world come in, and that's <laughs> where you know the Derrick Roses can come in, who, who's also uh, unrestricted free agent this summer. So. You know, you look at the situation with the Lakers as fluid, uh, but you're definitely go- they're definitely going to be a veteran roster. Um, they're going to be rock stars like the Bulls, the Cavs, uh, you know, were the Miami Heat were. And I, I think um, they have a three to four year. They have a three to f- a three year window. I would say a three year, three year, three year window, <laughs> three year window. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Frank Vogel is is going to. Uh, you know, coach this year, it'll be interesting to see, you know, when and if Jason Kidd slides into that coaching chair, as I reported um, back in October and November, you know, the Lakers were the team that while we're looking to hire Jason Kidd as their head coach, um, you know, if the Walt was fired and Frank Vogel, I mean, he has a good offensive philosophy. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, the Lakers also have work to do as far as Kimball Walker or Kyrie Irving or even Kawhi Leonard, um, if that's what they decide that they want to do. So it's going to be a very interesting um, situation. But both that the trade benefited both uh, teams for the now and the future. Yeah. See, I couldn't have said that any better. I definitely agree. I think this is one of the the rare 
win-win trades because it fits both teams' agendas. So like you said, the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans are now in a new era. They want to get new. They want to get younger. They want to get faster and build on their new core. And the Los Angeles Lakers are in, are in win now mode. Is 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 obviously champion championship or bust if you're assembling a team like this and or trying to assemble a, a super team as, as they are trying to and they basically have a three year window. LeBron has a few more years left in his prom. He has three more years left on this deal. The last one I believe is a player option, so he can opt out there. And do they give up too much? <sighs> uh, it's tough to say because I definitely think this is going to hold them in the future in in the long run, of course, like you said, but. I don't feel like they gave up too much because they did keep Kuz, which I think was a very valuable young asset and also helps them um, in, in regards of cap space as well. But my only issue is giving up Lonzo. I feel like I have an issue with a little bit with the Lakers giving up Lonzo because I think he's a very good, solid young point guard. And young point guards that are 6'6", defensive-minded, pass-first, very high IQ point guards. Granted, he has to score a little bit better, but I still feel like he was a nice fit next to LeBron James and also would be one of the few guys who LeBron James would trust to run the offense with, with Anthony Davis there as well because LeBron James does have a, have a tendency to play LeBron ball a lot and then Anthony Davis might become an innocent bystander and does get into that Chris Bosh role, which I think would be detrimental to how they play if they want to play to the best of their abilities. But... Depending on how they fill out this roster, I think they should use that cap room that they do have left and spend it on quality, high-end role players rather than going after a star like a Kemba, like a Kyrie, like you're saying. To me, if I'm personally, if I'm Rob, I'm Genie and those guys, I'm saying let's fill the roster with high-end role players rather than tacking on another star and then signing everybody else with venerable minimum contracts, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see your perspective, but I also think this is L.A. And what what does L.A. produce? Superstars. True. But Um, they have two. Yeah. It's not enough. And and, and I think they technically have two and a half because I think think Kuzma's going to be a good role player that could play in that position. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I do think that with the Lakers, um, I think that certain usual suspects are going to find their way. Just like, you know, wherever Michael was, Ron Harper came. Uh, Robert Parrish came, John Sally came, you know, certain guys are going to be those role guys that are going to find their way. When LeBron, I read this stat the other day, uh, the number is 42. The number of trades that have happened while LeBron has played for the Cavs in both stints and the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers have been 42 trades in his career. That's a lot of 42. Yeah. Damn, you know every year he does that mid-season reconstruction that he does every single year. Damn, a 42. That's a lot of trades. That's a lot. Of, and you know he's had a, a, a semi-hand in majority of those trades. Not, not necessarily wheeling and dealing, but has had a uh, a little nod over to the GM. Like, I accept one of those deals. That's a lot of deals, Scoop. That's a lot. It is. So, I mean, you, you look at you, uh, Ben Wallace... You look at, you know, you look at all those different things. So Shaq has played with a lot of different players throughout his career. And when you really look at it, Shaq has played with a plethora of 90 stars, early 2000 stars and late 2000 stars. And when you look back on him, he's going to have like the Jalen Rose effect. Yeah. Jalen Rose played against LeBron. He also played against Shaq and Michael. And got 81 scored on him by, by Kobe. And I mean that in a respectful way. I know Jalen, I can't play him. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, um, LeBron has played with everybody. I mean, he Shaq's has. kids are calling him Uncle LeBron, and, and Dwayne Wade's kids are calling him Uncle LeBron. He's been around a long time. And so now, I've been saying this for a long time, he's now got to fill this role the same way Dwayne Wade has. And, I, and, I, and I'll take this again and say, um, when you, when, when, um, LeBron came to Miami at first it was Wade's team. Wade told him the next year, this is your team. Take over. And he did that. Now LeBron's got to pass the torch on to the next person. And uh, it'll be interesting to see for a guy that people many feel as though he, you know, he's too selfish. LeBron's got to be a scorer. He's also got to be a distributor. And when you look at that Lakers team, I feel like somebody like Kimba would benefit them because he's been stifled for so many years as being the it guy. 
if LeBron is basically playing that point forward position, Kemba can play off the ball more. Mm -hmm. But see, but can you trust LeBron to play a point forward position the entire game? See, my, my in my opinion, I don't feel like LeBron can do that for an entire game because he does still want to get his 25, want to get his 30. Not, not that he has to work that hard to get it, but he still requires shots in order to get those. And at times he can facilitate the offense a little bit too much when somebody like Kemba Walker, he's a rhythm player. You got to give him touches. You got to be able to let him cook. You have to be able to let him take a few extra shots in order to get his rhythm. Anthony Davis as well, even though he's the big man, he scores inside. I feel like Kemba wouldn't be the greatest fit because he can be a primary ball handler as well. And then it does turn Anthony Davis into that Chris Bosh role. And I feel like he's a little bit better than that or he can bring more to the table and I feel like that's a little bit that might be suppressing Anthony Davis's game in a way because this guy's a 25 and 13 a night guy easily three blocks a game 100% so I mean I feel like LeBron uh, I, what I wanted to see last year from LeBron was more of a more of an attacking mentality or more of a scoring mentality from LeBron which I wanted to see which I didn't fully get last year with the young guys but with Anthony Davis, like you said, he does, he probably will eventually have to take a step back because it's pretty much his last couple of years in the league now. He, he, his prime is winding down and giving Anthony Davis the the spotlight and the reins of, of the Laker franchise. But Anthony Davis is also an injury-prone big man as well, Scoop. I mean, he's also has missed some significant time due to injury. He's never had a deep playoff run, but we know he's definitely easily a top 10 player top 8 player maybe top 5 on some people's list and um, I think Anthony Davis actually has a lot to prove um, in his time coming up with the Lakers and, and his pairing with LeBron James I actually feel like there is a spotlight now on him which there wasn't was before in, in New Orleans scoop yeah I mean I think when you look at Anthony Davis him leaving New Orleans was a was was a trans transcendent moment just like when Shaq left Orlando and came to LA mm -hmm. but I think it's not the same because I think Shaq was still like a top three guy Davis to me is not a top three guy no is he top That's, five to you mm, top ten I got him as top ten too yeah I don't have him as a top five top ten I have him as but I think the NBA is so watered down as far as everybody being a superstar now. It's hard to yes. say. Yes. Like, you know who your top three are. <laughs> yes. That's like four through ten. It's so subjective. It is. Because you have certain people who will say James Harden is, is, is because he's quote-unquote a ball hog, he should be there. And then you feel like certain people feel like Steph Curry's the best player. And some people feel like KD's the best player, not LeBron. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like it's so subjective. I think if you if and then you have people that feel like uh, Giannis is better than Harden, mm -hmm. or vice versa, mm -hmm. and that's all subjective and, and based upon what you like and, and, and what you what t the type of basketball that you like to watch or what you value in a play. Actually, some some fans I, I don't want to say fans, critics, reporters, whatever the case may be. <laughs> um, it, 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 it depends on what you like or what you value more in a play. Do you value defense more? Do you value intangibles more? Do you value scoring more? And usually whatever you value more is usually sways or dictates who you feel is a better player or not. Yeah, we on the same page. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. I see that a lot. You know, on Twitter, it's, it's out of control with that. 100%. Um, yeah, so actually with the and 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 low key too, that young Pelicans core, it might be a very solid core for years to come. I definitely like the Zion and Lonzo pairing. Cause I said before, if Zion coming into the league, he's gotta have a distributing point guard to help him out get some of those easy baskets until he learns how to score in the NBA on his own. Because I think it's going to be, I think there's going to be some growing pains on Zion. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if people are still labeling him as a, as a, as a bust, or some people are labeling him as, as, as he's not going to be as good as what he's projected. But I feel like the young guy, he's got to, you got to give him some time to learn how to score. And no one has even seen him yet in the NBA. And that's some of my issues with these comparisons. Now, too many expectations put on these young guys. You got to let them cook first. I agree. Yeah. 
Definitely. But you also realize that a lot of guys have brands even before they stood foot on the NBA, and True. it's different. Like, LeBron changed the game. Kobe changed the game, too, but differently. When, when Kobe came into the league in 96, his rookie year, in my opinion, he was better than Jordan in his rookie year. Mm. But here's the difference. Michael had to work 10 times harder as opposed to what Kobe had naturally. Oh, well, when you look Michael at Michael worked on his game evolved and elevated when he got in the league. 100 percent Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah. And I and I think that when you look at LeBron, he changed the game because he came in an era with guys like Lindy Cook, guys like mm-hmm. um OJ Mayo, guys like Carmelo Anthony, where these guys were slam legends. But when you look at guys like Lonzo, LaMelo, Leangelo mm-hmm. they've and actually where we forget is the Brandon Jennings and the Jeremy Tyler's of the world who made it possible for a LaMelo ball mm-hmm. to travel across the world mm-hmm. um, and I think that when you look at today's game guys have blue checks before they walk across the stage for graduation <laughs> yeah that's true Yeah, you, you, you know what adds to, adds to their, their aura outside too Yes, but to me, that's that's a carryover to LeBron getting the free jerseys and and his mother getting the insurance policy to purchase his his Hummer. His Hummer, <laughs> man, I still remember that story. That that was a funny story, man. That so much was made out of that Hummer purchase. <laughs> oh, he man. capitalized off of his own name and his likeness. He What's did. the problem? Exactly. I saw nothing wrong. I was. I just remember. I'm just remembering now the fiasco that the media was trying to make out of that and him having a hum on his mom board. I'm like, man, let him live, though. Let him live. Ah, so much was made out of that. It was, it was ridiculous, man. Um, yeah, so we're going to be looking forward to that and the uh, the draft coming up as well, man. Uh, Scoop, my brother, it's time for the crossover segment. Not dog. a game, not a game, mm-hmm. not a game. We talking about Crossover practice. segment, family. I'll be throwing out two, throwing out different comparisons from players with different eras. A man Scoop asks his GM and he tells me who he would take out of the two in their prime if he was building a team. First up this week, building a squad, Scoop. You taking a prime Glenn Rice or a prime, I should say now, Jimmy Butler. Got both of these on the table. Let me give you the correct stats. Glenn Rice, 18 points per game, four rebounds, two assists, one steal, 45% from the floor. One-time champ, three-time All-Star for the man Glenn Rice. Jimmy Buckets, 16 points per game, five rebounds, three assists, one steal. Four-time All-Star, one-time Most Improved. Got both of these boys on the table. Scoop, you building a squad. You taking prime Glenn Rice or you taking Jimmy Butler? I'm taking a prime Glenn Rice. Mm. And, and and not because I'm a fan in the 90s, but I actually co- I've actually covered and interviewed both. And, you know, Glenn Rice, to me, People remember him during his Lakers days and his Charlotte days, but my man was a problem in Miami with Ronnie Cycli and Steve Smith. Yes. And so, you know, you look at that team. I mean, Glenn was dunking on people. This was before he was wearing those knee wraps, uh, (laughs) the little bars. I mean, Glenn Glenn Rice Rice was was putting in work. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, Glenn Rice uh, played... Number one, he's the man because he, he he hollered at Sarah Palin before we was thinking about her. <laughs> you know, I heard about that story. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Two, me and him have have me him and Jerry West have something in common. We were all born on May twenty eighth. Mm. And then lastly, um, he was on the Charlotte Hornets team that had uh, Anthony Mason, the late Anthony Mason, yes. B.J. Armstrong, Matt Geiger, David Wingate, and more. And I'll never forget. Um, Glenn Rice and I were supposed to do an interview before a game, and he um, told me he couldn't do it. Call me, so I called his house, and I was on hold. And while I was on hold, in the background, all I heard was the beginning to the Boy Meets World thing. <laughs> and we ended up doing it. We ended up playing phone for like a week. Mm-hmm. But he left his voice message. Hey, this is Glenn Rice calling for Brandon Robinson. Call me back. 
And, uh, you know, the fact that he was so gracious to me and, 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 and ended up, you know, doing the interview, but was, was good with his time. I never forgot that. Mm-hmm. So while I'm subjective because of May 28th and because of, you know, him giving access to me, I also remember those Miami Heat days. Yes. And I also remember his Michigan days. He was a problem. Glenn Rice was a major problem. It, I always, I always give love to to Michigan alums. I'm, I'm always a big fan of Michigan and UConn programs and basketball teams. And um, yo, Glenn was a major problem that a lot of people forget and a lot of people sleep uh, sleep on. He was a problem in those Miami days. Young Steve Smith over there, um, and 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 when he went over to Charlotte, that's really I feel like when he got got the spotlight or the recognition that he deserved after he got traded um, to Charlotte in the Alonzo Mourning trade, which brought him over there to, to the Miami Heat with Pat Rowley and them. And um, like you said, Mason was over there. The late Mason was over there. What what a tandem. I, I believe Glenn was over 20 points. I believe he was only there for about four years and was over 22 points each, each one of those four years he was there. And he was a machine like scorer, machine like scorer, and and silky smooth too. Silky smooth post up game, three point shooter. I, I does Glenn Rice ever get mentioned with some of the greatest scorers ever? He he definitely doesn't, does he? No, because I feel like there are such a glut, yeah, of just great '90s players. Just like I look at the '90s and I feel like we were so spoiled with big men between yes. Hakeem, <laughs> Robinson, Duncan, Shaq. Even like Kevin Duckworth, like I mean, he wasn't a twenty and ten guy, but I mean, he went to the finals in ninety two with Portland. Like he was a presence down low. So I just we're spoiled. Yes, Cliff Robinson too was another big man that people sleep on. There, there was a lot. They definitely were spoiled. Well, I feel like spo- spoiled in 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 general were just stars. I feel like the quality of stars were were, were a little bit better. They 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 required more. I feel like back then it wasn't just numbers generated as as it, as it is now. So we're on the same page. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, next up, both on the table, taking a prime Jason Kidd or a prime Russell Westbrook. Let me give you the career stats. J Kidd, 12 points per game, six rebounds, eight assists, two steals, 40% from the floor, one time champ, 10 time all star, five time all NBA, co rookie of the year, four time all defensive first team, five time assist champ, Russell Westbrook. 23 points per game, seven rebounds, eight assists for his career, one steal, 43% from the floor, one-time MVP, eight-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA first team, two-time scoring champ, two-time assist leader. Got both of these brothers on the table, school. Russ, J. Kidd, building the squad. Who you taking? Jason Kidd. Mm, easy. Yep. Mm, tell me why. Um, Because I think that it wasn't necessarily the fact that Jason Kidd scored less points than Russell. Mm-hmm. It was how much he made teammates better around him mm-hmm. um, and how much fun or how much of a magnet that he was. I like Russell, but he and KD didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Neither did KD, Russ, and James Harden. James Harden was more contractual issues. But, um, I mean, Jason Kidd was really fun to watch. But then... I say that about not working out, and then I look at Jimmy Jackson, Jamal Mashburn, and Jason Kidd not working out, and they yeah. say it was over Tony Braxton. <laughs> um, but when I look at that situation with Jason Kidd, I mean, we were spoiled, man. We got to watch greatness in motion, and I think he was the extension of magic uh, after he retired. Mm. That's- um, but the thing about it with Russell is this. You know, I recently um, uh, emceed a um, function that uh, honored uh, Oscar Robertson. I don't think Oscar Robertson gets the appreciation that he's due. Obviously, we didn't watch him because we weren't even born yet. We were just walking with our daddies at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, Oscar Robertson, they say, was Magic before Magic and Mike, and, and excuse me, and LeBron before LeBron, and not so much from the play on the court, but his impact off the court. So I think that when you compare, you know, Russell and you can meaning Russell Westbrook and Jason Kidd, it's easy to make the comparison because we think distributing point guard versus scoring point guard. I think Russell's story is still being written. Yes, I definitely agree. I, I definitely think he's still being written, but I got to go with Jason Kidd for me easily. Honestly, Jason Kidd, just because of the, the type of point guard that I like in particular. Um, I love ball distributing. Um, high IQ point guards. And I know Russ probably might be the most athletic point guard in history, but kid to me, I would say 
top five highest IQ in NBA history for me, Jason Kidd. I would have to go probably top five if I could go off the top of my head. MJ, IQ, LeBron got to be up there in highest IQ. Magic has to be up there, highest IQ. I'm going to throw Kidd up there. And I might throw CP3 up there for, for highest IQ. I put Isaiah higher than him. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. Higher than both than Kidd and CP? No, higher than CP3, okay. especially because he's won championships that's and he's a Hall of Famer. You see, that's the difficult part when you're comparing because mm-hmm. I think, you know, obviously Magic's story's been written. Chris Paul, I think that a low and not, and not the same kind of low that, that, that Carmelo has. Mm-hmm. It's just different. CB has a lot of pressure on him right now to win the title. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hold on. You about to add something? No. Oh, okay, I'm agreeing okay. with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he definitely has a has a lot to prove right now. I mean, I've had countless arguments with people about Chris Paul about what he's what he has to do right now. So, um, he needs to get that done. But I'm going with Jason Kidd as well. So I I agree with you there, man. Most definitely for sure. Um. So yeah. So before we uh we wrap this up, you heading to the uh draft or you got anything going up uh upcoming with the draft? Scoop. Yeah, I'll be talking with all those guys the next couple of days, man. So you'll be mm. checking out for that on Twitter and Scoopy Radio. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Are you uh, you heading over there to draft also or not really? I'm not going to be at the okay. draft on Thursday, but I got one in one time with, with a lot of those guys on Tuesday and Wednesday. So we'll okay. be seeing my stuff. Okay. I know I know, I know. know a lot of the fellas are, uh, are in New York City right now. It's going to be an interesting day out there in the Barclays. It always is. And of yes, course, sir. Um, real quick before we, get in our, before we get on out of here, do you see the Knicks? Trading that number three pick, or are they taking RJ? I think they're going to take RJ, but I, I, it's, it, I think that the Knicks um should kind of build from the ground up rather than this guy down. Mm, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I, I feel like they need to take RJ with that third pick. I don't, I don't know why it's even in the air that they were trading the number three pick unless it was for a bona fide star. But we know Anthony Davis is off the table. A lot of guys are off the table, so nobody else on the table right now. I feel like is worth trading that number three pick since AD is gone right now. So it'll be interesting with the Knicks and they better make the right decision because it's, it's New York. We'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, Scoop, my brother, appreciate the time coming through, pulling up on Above the Rim for episode 98, my brother. It's always a pleasure when you come through. <laughs> 98 was a good year. Glad I could make it. <laughs> make that happen, man. <laughs> The damn show was. The damn show was. Um, yes, appreciate you coming through, my man and family. Make sure you go out and check out our Scooby Radio on all platforms. It's everywhere. I told you that man is not that hard to find. No, definitely. <laughs> so uh, make sure you got you go highlight that man, Scooby. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, my man. I'll talk soon. Of course, my brother. Um, and family, that's above the rim, episode ninety-eight, and we out. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.